Good night, family. Thank you for coming back and joining us for a new episode right here on I'm My Sister's Keeper. My name is Carla and I'm your host. As you're aware, this podcast was created so that women could have a safe space to to discuss the real uncut and uncensored shit that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. And tonight I want to introduce the folks that are in the room. Um, I have Sharice, I have Arthur, I have um, Noah, and I have Shannon. But Sharice, we're going to start with you first. Take it away. Okay. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Sharice. I am a single mom, 41, have two boys. I am from New York originally, and I live in New Jersey now. I work with Carla. Um, And yeah, I'm ready to get this party started. All right, thank you, Noah. We're gonna start. We're gonna uh, start with you next. Sure. My name is Noah. I'm a married father of two. Uh, originally from New York, live in Connecticut now. Uh, I'm co-worker of Shannon, good friend, and uh, happy to be here. Thank you, Noah. Shannon, you're next. Hey, we go. My name is Shannon Poland. Um, I'm the Younger brother of Arthur Poland, who you'll hear from next. I was a college uh, classmate of Carla. Been a long time friend since 19... You don't have to go there. You Yeah, you ain't got to go there. All right. Um, I'm glad to be here, you know, fighting through these times. And I'm glad to hear what you guys got to talk about. We thank you, Shannon. Arthur? Sir? Um, my name is Arthur Poland. Um... We met my brother. I met Carla also at FIT. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't complete. Um, single, father of four, four grandson, a native New Yorker. Um, and I'm here, happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you guys. Um, this is going to be a grown folks conversation. This is about relationships or our topic is about relationships this evening. All of us are well over 30 years old. So who wants to take the floor first? Who wants to start it off? Well, you would have to start it off, Carla. All right. Yeah, but what's the topic? Okay, listen. I didn't know if you guys had came prepared to talk about something because I don't really have anything scripted. So I'll start it off. My first question is to the males. Now, we know that um, Noah has been married for several years now. So this may exclude you, not exclude you. I'm not quite sure. You know, it's interesting when you meet men and they tell you that they want a good woman, right? And if you're a good woman, then you fit the bill for what they're looking for. However, maybe a year, I'm not even going, maybe six months to a year when their um, representative leaves the building and you're stuck with the real them, you then realize that you may be a little too much for the particular man that you ended up being with. He could either be a liar a cheater, a crook. I mean, there's several things. The list goes on and on. What do you guys have to say about that? Like, what are your um, views on that? Because men always tell you what they're looking for, but then when they get it, they don't appreciate it. Well, well first and foremost, let me start off by saying that, that knife cuts both ways. You get that same, you can have that same thing where you meet the 
female and she's catered to you, cooks for you, does everything that you want them um, to do, and then six months go down the line when they think they have you, now they start acting totally different. So, I mean, that knife cuts both ways. I understand that, but we wasn't talking about flipping the script. We was talking about men right now. So stick to the subject, my brother. Stick to the subject. Let me start off here. Um, I think there's a few challenges that goes on. One, men not actually knowing what or how they define what a good woman is. Um, you, 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 you come, nobody comes with a set of instructions. And unless you took the time to self-look and look within of what really makes a good partner for you, our initial, our initial um, desires may not be what we really want inside. Wow. A lot of times growing up, you know, on a less mature level, the external could be much more important than the internal. Mm. You know? Um, another reason why is because how we individually define relationships and how we value them and what, 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 what people consider because it's all about perspective. It's not saying that anything is right or wrong, but if you're raised in an environment where, say, you could be in an environment where it was understood that the father went out on the mother. Um, it was understood that maybe even family members, uncles, males, since we're talking about males, you know, went out and came back home. And as long as home was taken care of, everything was okay. But at the family cookout or the family reunions, there was the whisper whispers. Mm-hmm. It was something that was accepted. Um, there's also, you know, you have to look at life is is how you look at it with whatever glasses you have on. Um, some people, they truly just don't value the relationship and they say what they need to say to initiate it mm-hmm. and you can't maintain that long term. That's well said, Arthur. That's well you know, said. Um, it's, it, it just can't be maintained. So, there's, there's... And then there's some people who are afraid of commitment to one. You know, and when they're, with, when they're with this one particular person, they really, really, really do care for that person. But when they're with another person, they also really, really, really care for that person. And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that these are things that go wrong. And, wow. and I, and okay, so I appreciate that, what you just said. But then I guess my next question to that is, if you have five female friends and you adore all five, then somewhere in your conversation of meeting women, then that's what you need to say. And I know that some brothers are real honest and will say that up front, but the majority of them won't. And so when you're not honest, then you're being deceiving. And so now we're creating a relationship, 
quote unquote, based on lies. Because I'm now interacting with your representative and I'm not interacting with you. And, and, and that's true. Um, it's not being fair to the other person mm-hmm. because you didn't give them the opportunity to agree to it or say it's not for me. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, 100% facts. You know, so it's, um, you know, there's a lot of things. Also, you know, when you're younger, right, you don't have any real assets or anything to lose. So it's kind of like a fly by the seat of your pants. But when you know you're when when you're over thirty five and you're forty, and you have a a family, and your family lives in a home, and you drive a car because you need a car to get around, and you have children that may be in college or whatever your case may be, you have a lot to lose, and it's not just you; it's your partner. So now there's it's a family that's involved in the madness because there's one partner who chooses to be selfish. And only think about themselves, but their actions affect everyone within that household. And it's, that's also true. And sometimes between the two heads of that household, there's some miscommunication there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a very good book is called The Five Love Languages. I think the author's name is Gary Chapman, right? And the five love languages, if I can remember correctly, is um, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of gift, and acts of service, right? And with good intention, this is all without, without um, any type of preparedness other than what we witness our parents do, mm-hmm. what we witness that goes on in our neighborhoods, what we witness that we watch on TV or in movies, right? We're not actually trained in relationships. No, you're right. This is actually something you're not, that you're right. um, I've had heavily in my spirit since like 1996 with the developing curriculum that is not only strong academically, but strong spiritually. We talk about relationships. We talk about rights of passages for young men and young women. Yep. We talk about how money works, entrepreneurial and business. Not to go off the topic, but there are key things in life when graduate from high school or college or graduate school that we're not prepared for in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And relationships, one of them is very key. If I'm not taught that a marriage is a covenant, not a contract, right? You better go on, brother uh, Poland. You better, if, you, better, you better say it exactly. If, 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 if I'm not taught that you know, you're in it for the long term. Exactly. How do I know to walk it? Exactly. You know, and it's, it's, um, it's a challenge. It's a huge, huge challenge. Yeah, it because is. Because going back to the five love languages, I can come to you speaking what appeals to me, what, what gets me going, and you could be coming to me in a different language, but it's Greek to me. Right. And yeah. although we have our best interests at heart, it's not serving the purpose because each of us on the receiving end is feeling lack. Right. If my if my if my love language is say 
acts of service. And I come home, I pay the bills, I I make sure that everything's taken care of in the household. But your 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 love language is acts of gift. Yep. And I didn't bring home those this week, right? No matter what I'm doing to express that I love you, if it's not being well received, I'm not going to feel that love. Exactly. And wherever there is a void, it's going to get filled somehow. And without without um, using mature judgment to be able to express myself and say, hey, look, you know, I'm in this to win it, but I don't feel you understand that I love you. I'm not feeling the love from you. A person has a tendency to make go outside and look for it because mm-hmm. they're empty. You know, and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not maybe done on intentionally, yep. but after some time, after some years, after some commitment, after putting the kids through junior high school, high school, and then college, yep. if you're not feeling love, what, what do you do then? You go elsewhere. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't have to. But, but most people do. There's a possibility. Do. Yeah, most there's people do. There's a possibility that it can. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a story about, or a parable, about there was an abusive man who drank and couldn't hold a job, right, and he had two boys. Later on in life, these psychologists recruited two boys and brought them in one at a time. And one of them, first one they brought in, he again, he was abusive, right? He had a drinking problem, couldn't hold a job. And they asked him, how did you turn out this way? And he said, look at my father, what else do you expect? Mm. And he looked at the brother, right? He's Noah, right? He's happily married, children, everything, steady job, doesn't drink whatsoever. He asked, they asked him, um, how did you turn out this way? He said, look at my father, what did you expect? It's the mm. same situation but they react in a different way. Exactly, exactly. You know, you know. so um, again, it goes back to what I think what I said in the beginning, is personally how a person defines a relationship, how they handle it, how they see things, and which is going to determine how they're going to react to it. You know, not saying anything is right or wrong. Right. But the way a person in turn defines something is going to definitely influence how they react. That's very interesting. And that was well said. Noah, I have a question for you. You're a married man. You've been married for several years. Now, this is all hypothetical, right? But you're the only, you're the only male that's married here. So you one day become intimate with Brenda. We just making up names because this is all hypothetical. You become intimate with Brenda. Your wife finds out. You beg and plead, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'll never do this again. I'm not quite sure what happened. Please forgive me. It takes some time, but she forgives you. And then a year and three months later, you cheat on her again. She finds out, and now you're singing the same song. Shannon and Sharice, I need you guys to chime in on this. From a woman's point of view, Sharice, how do women view that, that scenario? And then Shannon, when Sharice is done, I, I want to hear how, you know, what your views are. And then we'll have Noah jump in. From a woman's point of view? Yeah. Um, 
as somebody, me, my ex-husband and I, we were together for about 20 years. Um, there was never infidelity in my marriage. However, if there was, um, I don't like for myself, I don't think that that is something that I would be able to forgive or move on from the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my perspective. I am, you know, I'm a type of person that um, if I'm with you, I'm with you. Yep. So I expect the same in return. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can say like thinking of it now, I would not have, uh, been able to move on from that or forgive him or look at him the same ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I can't even imagine, um, a second time. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, there wouldn't be a second time. There wouldn't be anything after the first time. I hear you. Shannon, sir. Um, I think, uh, if, 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 if it happened the second time, then without a doubt, then the woman should either know that it's going to happen again or pack up shop and, 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 in the relationship. I mean, because once it happened the first time, all right, mistakes do happen. You are human and, you know, you are not perfect. But once it happened the second time, now you're showing a pattern. So it's comes to the point where as the woman, she has to choose to either pack up and leave or accept him for what he is. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, it's it's tough because I've never been in a situation where 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 you do something that bad and get forgiven. Honestly, like yeah. like the first time you 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 allow yourself to get to that point, right? To to be able to to cross that boundary, yeah. to be able to have a relationship, be intimate with somebody, you have to allow yourself to be be a part of that. So. So as far as it happening a second time, I mean, I'd be I'd be shocked to be able to survive the first time, honestly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can't see beyond that, right? So mm-hmm. so like to even get to like let's go back to the first because the first one's gonna be a big big war enough. Like right. that's just right. to get to that point, you know, to be to be comfortable and to be able to cross that line. Mm-hmm. To, to put yourself in that position, it's probably going to happen again. It's probably going to become a trend if it wasn't a trend already before. So, I mean, I do, I understand mistakes happen, but, you know, it's, it's like, it's that whole fool me once. You know, shame. Ooh, I was just about to say the same thing, Noah. Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? So, um, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's tough to get to that point, you know? But you know, if I, you know, my me chiming in because I know I wasn't last. No, no, I was gonna, I was coming to you. I was coming to you. I was coming to you. <laughs> but you know, sometimes there's so much invested on both sides, and you read about it in the papers a lot of times. You know, it, it's it's not that it's accepted, but it continues to go on. 
you know, and out of convenience. Yeah. Not necessarily out of convenience, kind of like out of business. You know. Yeah, that's the convenience. It's cheaper to keep them, and, and, and it's easier to make things work. It's something, something to that effect, and it all depends upon, you know, people's tolerance levels, and 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 what they're willing to take or deal with. Um, and then sometimes for men, it has to deal with um, how much can they get away with. You know, it takes it takes a very strong woman to deal with a very strong man. I think it's a sad state of affairs yeah. when you marry a man, and we all know. But this goes back to what you were saying, author. You know, really understanding what you're getting into. But marriage is a huge deal. So you say I do, he say I do, we say we did. We know what should and should not happen. And when you cross the line, then you've really crossed the line. Because as a woman, she never looks at you the same. She doesn't respect you the same. Nothing is the same. And, And essentially the relationship is over. But, you know, some people make it work, right? Some people make it work, but you have to put the work in. Uh, But to me... If he cheated the first time and you chose to forgive him, that's really your business because that's your marriage. But if he sees how upset you are over that situation and to come back a second time and have to explain himself, then obvious in that you don't give a damn about me. You don't. You're. Sh- I mean, because you read in between the lines. Because if you did, first of all, you would have never done it the first time. And if you did, then I shouldn't have known anything about it. But please understand, I'm not condoning that type of behavior. But right. the woman should have never known anything about it. To come back a second time and be in the conversation, you still have to replay this conversation. Then there's a disconnect. If you got away with it the first time, it's going to happen again. Yeah. Because if a woman allows that... You're teaching someone how to treat you at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. if you allow that to happen, right. you forgive him and you take him back, he's probably going to assume you're going to take him back again. And so it's just, that's that's a little scary to me because, I mean, as adults, what type of message are you sending? Then why even get married? What's the point? Why waste somebody's why, time? But that's the point if you cheat the first time. Why get married? Like, right. Not, that's the yeah, exactly, exactly. Because now you're a waste of time. You're a joke. Right. It's ridiculous. And who has but time you know, for that? We got bills to pay. Don't nobody have time know, for that. Right. It doesn't start out that way a lot of times. And I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying if a person gets involved in something without truly understanding what they're getting involved in. Because they weren't prepared for it, right? How do you expect it to work? Yeah, but okay, now I'm going to give you a little pushback on this, though. In general, we're in in a relationship. You know, you have a little boyfriend. We all know, and a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you know what you should and should not do, right? So that is, uh, that's kind of understood. Being married is on a whole nother level because, you know, you have people in your family that are married. And yes, to your degree, uh, to to piggyback onto what you were saying, sometimes you have folks in your family that are married and people are like your family's like, oh, my God, here they come. He did this. She did that. But that's not always the norm because, you know, 
people still have couples in their family that are living, um, quote unquote, the right way and they're happy and, and they don't have all this drama or at least we don't know about it. Um, so, you know, you, you have to, you got to draw the line in the sand because when is enough enough? When is enough enough? I believe Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Yeah, I believe that everybody should take ownership and don't make excuses for their actions. So I don't want I don't want to get misconstrued. I'm just playing devil's advocate on why a lot of relationships just don't work. And um, a person has to take ownership of their actions. A person knows when they're going to go step out. Exactly. Exactly. Just don't fall in. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. A whole lot of steps have to go on between that. Exactly. And, um, but, but mentally, um, let me just say this though. When a man is not understood, it's a very empty place. Right. Um, like this here, men was not meant to be living alone. Meant to live alone, right? When a man's not understood, he can't go to his bros and talk to them about it because they're going to look down. He can't go to therapy because you taught as a man, you don't need therapy. You suck it up, right? Who do you go to? Who do you, who do you, who do you express yourself to where you can take off your armor after fighting out in the world in a day and be completely vulnerable, yet not be judged and still be a man. Right? And that's something that I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? I see your face. I see your face. <laughs> Good, Sharice. I'm glad he see your face. Good. Because I'm ready to burn him up. I'm ready to burn him up. No, no. But what I'm saying though is that I think, I know me personally, right? I grew up in a generation, or the generation, or the people I grew up around, right? I didn't have that outlet. I had to learn that for myself, right? Because to be a man, you didn't cry, you didn't, you didn't do a whole bunch of things. But not cry. Whether it was traditional ways of being it, whatever the role, how you want to define it. These things all affect how we grow up in life. And until an individual takes a wholehearted, unbiased look and they make decisions on their own and what they want for their own life, um, I think it's going to be challenging. It's going to be problems, Um, especially in relationships. Because if you can't be a complete man for yourself because of, stereotypes right how can you be holy somebody with somebody else well that's true i i, so, I hear you so so mama you need to so, yeah you're talking so, to me because no they don't know that you call me mama <laughs> nobody knows that but me and you yes i'm, I'm, I'm sorry so carla yes so, let me say this so in a relationship you gotta have common goals. Wait a minute. Before we start that, let me just let me just give some insight on why you call me mama. So when I used to live in the dormitory, <laughs> I had a, a kitchenette. 
And I used to really, really cook in this kitchenette. And I used to fry chicken and make uh, homemade macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes. Like I used to cook. Yeah, Detroit fried chicken. And you know, that's right. And so what happened was the basketball team would congregate in the dorm that I lived in to see the girls. And they used to approach me and say to me, are you the girl that's upstairs cooking? Are you the girl that's upstairs cooking? And then they just started calling me mama because I started feeding the basketball team and that really became my hustle. So that's why he calls me mama. And it's been years later and he still calls me that. But yes, sir, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so in a relationship, you got to have common goals, you know what I mean? And at some point, if those goals are no longer common, that's when things can kind of go astray. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like if, um, if, if you, you guys are no longer working together, then that means you're going to be working separately. And, and I understand that, but to my knowledge, and maybe I missed the memo, but do people that have HIV, do they glow at, glow in the dark? Do people that have chlamydia, do they glow in the dark? People that Not have all, all these sexually transmitted diseases, do they glow in the dark? Not at all. Okay. And most of the time when these folks are stepping out, stepping in, sliding to the right, to the left, they're not using protection. So not only you is a possibility that you could bring home something that you didn't leave without, but then second of all, <laughs> yeah, I said it. And then second of all, then we have these children that may be born where he doesn't want to accept the responsibility because he didn't crept out and had a baby creeped out. Uh, is it crept out? Yeah, he crept out and had a baby. And so now we have a situation where and he may not even financially help the young lady that carried his child. Like it's just so many different factors to that one selfish act. And it's ridiculous. And, it's and, ridiculous. And that's part of the problem. You have a, uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of young, well, we have a lot of black males that are growing up without a father in the household. Yeah. So they don't know how they're supposed to act. Yeah, I know that. And, and, and therein lies part of the problem going from the mid, let's say, 80s forward. Well, what you're talking about is kind of when crack hit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when crack hit, not only wasn't the the, the 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 neighborhood not prepared for it, the whole country wasn't prepared. For it. I remember that. Well, and, and, and what happened was, what happened was, um, you had for the first time a a strong increase in grandparents raising grandchildren. I remember that. And the reason why people were either street walking, robbing VCRs, I remember that in jail or locked up, right? Or, or dead, or dead, right? And, and then what happens with that, right? This goes all back to the whole identity crisis thing, right? You can have young children raised by their loving grandparents who are consistent and doing the best that they can, but you know what those children are asking? question they're asking is, where are my parents? Yep. Why am I not good enough that I have my parents who know who they even are? Hmm. Right? Why are my grandparents... Sad. Sad. And, and it's just like being adopted, right? You could be in a good home, but there's something innate within your spirit. Where did I come from? That's missing. 
Yeah. Something that's missing, right? So you take that and then you grow up in a situation because when crack hit, a lot of, I'm going to use the phrase, not to be biased, but gender, um, gentleman rules went out the window because things became a whole lot more aggressive. It became a more lot, a whole lot more um, instant gratification. And you saw a lot of inner turmoil amongst friends that was very violent, vicious, self-centered that you didn't see prior to that. That's because that's because the parents weren't there. You see, you mentioned a good point. The grandparents were raising these kids. Right. So you, t- you think about these grandparents, they're too old to be on top of people. They're too right. old to be uh, disciplining these kids and right. be on top of them. Chasing them down. Them the right way. Right. Yeah. Too, too busy to, to, to show them the right way. So these right. kids are making their own rules up, doing right. their own thing, basically right. running their own lives. And, right. and I mean, we still see it today. Right. Um, with, with some grandparents that are that are raising kids, they just don't have the patience that that a parent or or two parents yeah, have. Yeah, they used that to. matter. Um, I think the same the same goes with single parenting. Sometimes it's pretty hard. It's hard, it's hard. to be able hard. to be on top of everything. You know, some people can do it. Some people are that superwoman or that superman. But but for the most part, when you're talking about the hood or the inner city, these kids are just running rampant. And and so as far as um, having the right values as far as treating a woman right, for that matter, right. that's, that's out the window. It's out the window. It's out the window because unless you had a model of it or somehow you look innately within yourself and your inner spirit just says, look, this isn't right because because of that loss, right, Noah? Like how we talk about the two boys or the son, because of not having that, that causes some people to be the opposite extreme, whereas I am never going to leave the person that I care with because I didn't have that. Or I'm never not going to be there for my kid because I didn't have that. Yeah. You know, and, and it all boils down to how an individual processes the information. Listen, guys, we have had a fantastic conversation this evening, uh, but we're going to have to have a part two to this. I want to send a special thank you, shout out to Noah, to Arthur, to Shannon, and Sharice. Do you guys have any parting last words? Yeah, let me let me let me just jump in and re- real quick and give you a um, parting last shot. Shot. So for me, um, what I did was I used basketball as a vehicle. I was looked up to by a lot of the youth in the hood because of my basketball abilities. So what I did was I gave back by coaching. Yeah, and I remember that. At one, at one point, I had three Los Angeles Lakers. Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, Lamar Odom, and Devin Ebanks. And one of the reasons why I coached was because I wanted to show the younger kids in the hood that you can have a car, you can have a nice apartment, you can have nice things without hustling. Mm-hmm. You can do it legally if you try. And you stayed focused. So, so I mean, that was that was that was one of my give backs to the to the to the hood. And I guess we're gonna have to pick it up with part two because we already over an hour in. Yeah, we're gonna have to pick it up. Uh, we'll have a part two soon. Thank you guys so much for taking time. And guys and lady, ladies. Okay.
Thank you, Cherise. Thank you, Cherise. Thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your evening to to pop in, to pop in uh, at I'm My Sister's Keeper. We all have drinks. I know that Shannon is drinking scotch. Noah, what are you drinking again? Red wine. All right. Hey, and Arthur, what are you drinking? I started off with a Pinot Noir, Noah, but I went to an old-fashioned for the conversation. Yeah, because I told you to take it back to the street, take it back to Brooklyn. That's why I told you, take it back to Brooklyn. Hell. And Sharice, what were you drinking? Wine? Yeah. All right. So, listen. Sauvignon Blanc. Ah. Listen, once, once all this pandemic stuff yo, is over, we're going to have to get, get together and do this live. You know, yeah, I we're going to do this live because I'm so <laughs> sick of the pandemic. Quick, right? We recently started a male's group, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Real Men Provide Opportunity. And it's kind of to address and kind of give back um, all the issues we're talking about. This, finances, entrepreneurship, business, um, just being a good person, a good human. So, yeah, yeah, we're we on the right track. All right. Well, I would love to have you uh, back, uh, Mr. Poland, uh, with maybe some of the young men from your group because I am my sister's keeper and you are your brother's keeper. So listen, it was great to see you guys. Thank you so very much. Um, I will have a part two, uh, probably sometime, um, next week we'll pick up where we left off from. Just wanted to say thank you guys so much once again, and we'll be speaking soon. Kisses. Mama, you know I love you. I love you. Bye. I never got any of that chicken. I'm upset. (laughs) I don't know why, because they had me frying chicken from sun up to sundown. Hell, that was my second job in school. Shout out to James Logan. Yep, shout out to James Logan. Shout out to Rodney Henry. Rodney Henry. Walter White. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to all the homies from Brooklyn. Yeah.